0: As, as you has been alluded to, if you have not heard, we are going through the Bible in five years. And we have been going through the book of Proverbs. We got to Proverbs. We're doing wisdom literature this, this year. And it seemed like we were in Psalms forever. Oh, we were. But, and, and now we've been doing Proverbs for a couple of months. And so this has been a great time. This will be the last one. We actually finished up Proverbs. If you did the reading... Show of hands who did their reading this week. If you if you have not been doing your readings, now's the perfect time to start. But what we did was we, we started in chapter 26 of Proverbs and finished with 31 this week. And so um, the interesting part is that there's three different authors that we read this week. We read um, Proverbs written by Solomon. We have a sage or a guy by the name of Agur, and then we have King Lemuel. Those were our those were our readings this week. And the interesting part about the ones that were of of Solomon were they these were ones that were compiled years later by Hezekiah and his His group, it's called the Men of Hezekiah. So, obviously, people in his administration gathered together a bunch of extra additional Psalms, I mean, Proverbs of Solomon. And it's it's just interesting to see that this is the Bible we know. This is this chapter, these verses, this book. We know it was compiled over years, over time. Now, not all of them, or they have been that way. There's a lot of um, Bible scholars who say, well, all of these things were compiled. Well, I don't know about that. But we know we know from the actual reading of Proverbs that they were compiled. And these were gathered together by Hezekiah's men, some 216, 250 years ago. After Solomon, and so, um, and then we have Agur. We have chapter thirty, which was Agur. We're going to talk a little bit about him later in in this sermon. It's going to be a short sermon, but and then we have King Lemuel, which many people believe King Lemuel was actually Solomon, and talking about his mother, Bathsheba, and it was many people believe that it was that's who it was, but we don't know. We don't know for sure, I take it at face value who King Lemuel. We don't really know who King Limuel is, but talks about women. And that's Proverbs 31. But it's interesting, we go back to the I'm gonna I'm gonna I've chose ten selections of Proverbs from the ones that were gathered by Hezekiah and his men. And the interesting part of it is There's actually not a lot of mention of God in these 26, I mean, God's mentioned, but most of these Proverbs talk about the relationship between one to another, and a large portion of them were about government and how it should be run. Now, I'm not sure if that's relevant to you in today's world, but I think it is. And so I've, I've chose ten to look at it. And you wonder, why? Why did Hezekiah and his men sort of key up these proverbs based on how one people deal with another and how the government should, should rule in people? namely this is a kingdom this is done through a king but it covers all kinds of governmental look and why why did he do this well think about hezekiah his dad did not do such a good job he was his 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 dad was ahaz and he created all kinds of atrocities and then hezekiah got right with god and wanted to change Israel back into being a godly nation. And so let's lay out the framework for future ref- reference. Now, there were some kings that took that on, and there were some kings that didn't. And we have that back and forth, and ultimately, because of the idolatry and the sin of the kings, Judah was taken away, as well as the northern tribes to Assyria. All right, so let's look at these 10 and let's, let's take them at face value and then we'll maybe apply them to today's world. So let's look at, because some of these deal with government, some of them deal with people to people. The most famous one is in, in uh, Proverbs 26 is, when iron, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Okay, so that's not the one. I'm just saying that's a good example of it. But it's the most famous one. People, people have heard that before. Let's look at 28 verse 1. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's one that we really need to contemplate and look about it. You know, we have a lot of fear in this world today. There's a lot of fear back then. Pretty soon we're going to be doing Ecclesiastes. And Solomon will tell us there's nothing new under the sun. Some things never change. But there are people running around in fear today. I mean, let's just take COVID. We have people that are afraid of masks. We have people that are afraid of the unmasked. We have people afraid of um, vaccines. We have people afraid of people who don't take the vaccine. We have We have all kinds of fear and people are running scared and they have... Everybody is suspicious of everyone else. And that's not good. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It says the righteous are as bold as lions. Why? Because they got nothing to fear. How does someone live... With no fear when you 're right with God, when you 're right with God, whatever else happens to you, okay i mean i 'm always a kind of a best case worst case scenario kind of person, and I can remember the first time that my son Caleb, we had always talked about, well, maybe he'll be a missionary because he's really interested in things, and then he came home and said. I'm going to go to Ecuador. And we went, what? No way. What? We, we don't know what's going on over there. We do. This is all of a sudden known. There's flying. There's, there could be a plane crash. You could get kidnapped. You could do it. All of a sudden, well, wait a minute. I, me being best case, worst case scenario. I said, okay. Best case. Maybe it goes, makes a difference. Have someone who didn't know about Jesus know about Jesus. And what's the worst case? Caleb could die. And at the time, he was a Christian, and I was like, okay. I'm sort of okay with that. And so we need to look at that in our lives. If we're right with God, no matter what happens to us, God's still on the throne. God's still doing a mighty work. And if we're right with God... What's Really what's the worst thing that can happen to us? It's when we are trying to play both sides and we have, you know, this, these secret sins, and we', we're, like, we're afraid. Oh my gosh, what happens? What's going to happen? I don't know. Stop. Get right with God. This is what Solomon says. Proverbs 28:2: "When a country is rebellious, it has many rulers." But a ruler with discernment and knowledge maintains order. This is, a, this is a great one. Because I don't think anybody in this room would disagree. We are in a country that are rebellious. Let me tell you about what sin is all about. Sin is basically rebellion from God. God says, I created you. I gave you a clear way of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And we get rebellious. And we say, no, God, I know this is your way, but I I want to do it this way. I want to do it my way. And that is rebellion, and that is sin. And so we have a lot of people walking away, walking around in our world saying, I want to decide what's right and what's wrong. But that... You've got so many people disagreeing on what's right and what's wrong. And that's why there's the need for more rulers. Listen, as we become more and more godless in our society, we're having the need to have more and more laws. And more and more people overseeing the other people that are breaking the laws. This is what Solomon is talking about. Not to mention the fact that there's always sort of upheaval when it comes with rulers in a rebellious society. Take the example of, of the judges. I mean, how many different rulers were there from Israel, from other kingdoms, because of the rebellion of the people as they came into the new the new world, from the new land that they had been given, the promised land. All right. Number three. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. This is one of the this is remember this is this is pre Christ. But Solomon is giving you the idea that if you confess your sins, and renounce your sins, meaning you repent, you turn from that sin, you will find mercy. It's the whole idea of the New Testament. Listen, we have a lot of people that when they have, are found to be guilty of doing something wrong, they're sad. But they're sad because they got caught, not because they're going against God. And so, not only do you have to confess, but you need to renounce. That's what repentance is all about. And that, we need more of that in our world today. We have too many people justifying why they're lying, why they're doing things, rather than saying, no, I, what I did was wrong, and I speak against it, and I'm going to try to not do that again. We have too much justification. We need to have repentance. Number four, Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their hearts falls into trouble. Guys, we need to re- we need to tremble before God. We need to be fearful of the true person to be fearful of. And that's the creator of the universe, the one who knows all, the one who sees all, the one who is everywhere. David's pretty clear. He says, where can we go? We know when you're not there. Can we go to the highest heights, the depths, the darkness, the light? You see everything. And we have got to be people that know that God is always watching, and he expects us to be right living nothing is going to get past him and so we also need to fear that because he is the one who controls it all number 5 proverbs 28:28 28, 28, when the wicked rise to power people go into hiding but when the wicked perish the righteous thrive doesn't matter what Area that we're talking about, whether it be entertainment, whether it be government, whether it be any kind of institution, many are done by wicked people. And we have a lot of people in hiding. We have a lot of people afraid to give a voice. Because if you are a man of integrity, Proverbs tells you that there will be people wanting to kill you. If you stand up for truth, you will be attacked. That was the whole idea about Jesus. Do you remember when he was before Pontius Pilate? And Pilate's like, so you're a king then? Jesus says, well, as a matter of fact, I am. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. As a matter of fact, I am. Those that follow truth know who I am. And And Pilate's all, well, What's truth? But really, truth is truth. And it doesn't matter how many times you say a lie, it's never going to be true. So we need to tremble before God. Uh, Number six, when the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. I'm we talk about the United States, doesn't matter which administration you're talking about in the last four or five. We have a number of people that are groaning because we have people that are not righteous that are ruling us. We have a lot of people in our representative our representatives that are only concerned about staying representatives than tr- taking care of and being in the place and ruling and making rules for the benefit of the people. Now, I'm, not talking about, I'm not singling out Democrats, I'm not singling out Republicans because there are many in, on both sides of the aisle. Number seven, if I can get to it, Proverbs 29, four, by justice, a king gives a country stability, but those who are greedy for bribes, tear it down. When there is a, when there is a call for bring me money rather than justice for all, Things get skewed up. And can I tell you, a big problem today is the lobbyist system within our government. We have people that have been in in, in Congress for decades and they have a net worth in, to, in the millions of dollars. And it's not because we pay them that salary. It's through influence. It's through peddling. It's through... Bring me money, I'll vote your way. And God is totally against that. Can I tell you that? That's why when, our, when we have our idea of justice, justice is supposed to be blind, not to see who's rich and who's poor, who's black and who's white, to be able to make that decision. It's supposed to be blind because it's supposed to be justice for all. And bribes corrupt. Number eight. The bloodthirsty hate a person of integrity. And seek to kill the upright. This is I, I put this in here because God is calling you. In this life with which you find yourself. In 2021. To be a person of integrity. That means your yes is yes. Your no is no. When you see truth, you identify it. It's truth. But if you do that as a servant of Jesus Christ, there will be people against you. There will be people who will want you to go away. And if that means killing you, okay. So, just know that. You know, Jesus faced all kinds of persecution and was hit at every turn. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should expect the same. And if you aren't getting the same, that might be a pause. Am I looking more, still more like the world? We're supposed to be different. Number 10, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever turns to trust in the Lord is kept safe. Now, in this parallel here, there's that comparison. The fear of man, the fear of the Lord. Listen, we should not fear men. We should not. We should not be afraid to speak up and speak the truth. We should not be afraid of what people can do to us. One of the verses I, I remember, I memorized as a child, this is Hebrews. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have for God has said never will I leave you nor forsake you therefore what god what can i do what can what can i be afraid of mere man no we shouldn't be all right so those are the 10 that i think that just wanted to highlight of the selections of the of the hezekiah collection and i just wanted to Finish with a gur today. There's two things that a goer asks of the Lord. And I think these are great at, these are great things to ask of the Lord and should be modeled in your life. The first one is this, and I'll just read Proverbs thirty seven through nine. Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. But give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. The first one he's asking for no lies. It's it's not really specific. Is he talking, I'm not the one, God, I don't want to be the one that lies. Or I don't want to be the one to receive lies. The answer is both. We need to be operating people who speak truth and hear truth. Do you understand that? Can I tell you how much lies go on on a daily basis? I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. We had a director of who's in char- who was in charge of vaccination said something and then later they said that's not true and he said yeah i lied because i didn't want the hospitals to be overrun huh so justifying lies that's just that's just not right and so but if we're going to expect other people not to lie we need to know that we need to be the people that don't lie either we need to be the example so that's the first one the second one is don't want to be too rich too poor Listen, and then he says something to me. He says, God, just give me my daily bread. Have we heard that before? Remember when Jesus talked about prayer? He says, give us this day our daily bread. I wonder if, because Jesus knew the word and he was the word, is referring back to Agur. Our daily bread. You know what? The beautiful thing about God... As a follower of Jesus Christ, you must know that he is going to provide everything you need. Not what you want, but what you need. And so, and we have a large portion in our, in our country today that are, I would say, too wealthy. And when you get too wealthy, you start thinking... I can do it on my own, and so a guru says it. Who is God? And then you don't want to be poor because if you're poor and you are hungry and you don't have anything and you steal food, then you are not giving God honor by stealing. So I would venture to say all of us sort of think we're in that say, that category, right? We might think we're all sort of leaning to the poor area because we don't have everything, right? But you know what? In actuality, we are so wealthy. We really are. And so we need to be people who are generous. We need to be people who are always looking out to help others who are have fallen behind. All right? Just words of wisdom from the Bible. This next week, we're going to be reading Ecclesiastes, more wisdom, more Solomon. And uh, I want you to, hey, start reading together as a community. You know, there's lots of times I don't feel like reading. I'm like, oh, I've been busy, I've been doing this. Like, you know what? But everybody else in the church is reading. I need to read it too. I need to be part of the community. I need to participate. So if that's a little nudge to you, peer pressure, so be it. Get in the Word of God and do that. Father God, we come before you. Thank you so much for today. I thank you for your Word. I thank you for Tom and Teresa gosh, coming and being with us today. Lord, I just pray a blessing on them as they continue to to give of themselves in ministry and helping other people in ministry. Father God, I pray for this community of believers. Lord, as we continue to work out loving you, loving your people, and love serving you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We, You are amazing. And we thank you, Lord, for your daily bread. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.